Yo, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Coach's Box. Thank you for stepping into another episode. I'm your host, Coach JP3, joined today by Coach Murph. How you doing, Coach Murph? What's good? I'm doing good, man. The crew looking a little lighter today, but we heavy, though. Yeah, we, we always we always come through, you know what I'm saying? It, it, whether what, what is the uh, my passion you say? We're two or three are gathered, you know what I'm saying? So no matter how many of us in here, we come with the facts, we come with the 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 hot takes everything that y'all want so um we're gonna start with you coach Murph with your segment bet uh so tell us a little bit about what happened last week with your earnings and what you got planned for this weekend all right so last weekend it was you know it was nothing too special um I, I think I made about a I think I made about a hundred dollars and some change but it's okay because you know a little bit of profit is better than no profit at all so some of the the bets I did a um I finally got out of my hate for the OSU football team. So I actually I did a a single game parlay and thankfully they hit on everything. I said that they will uh win by at least or they'll beat the spread of 14 and a half that they'll score more points uh, than the team at halftime uh, before halftime and after so by the end of the game. Uh, that they'll score over 34 and a half points. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll have over 22 and a half by a halftime and that they'll lead by the end of the first quarter. Just some some simple stuff. It's Rutgers. We talked about them a couple weeks ago. Like, no, come on. Even though, you know, they were struggling a, a couple weeks ago early, I think, against, was it Tulane, I believe? Or maybe mm-hmm. so, yeah, so – but they bounce back, so we are all good. Um, some NFL stuff. I I came close to losing some money. I I uh, <laughs> I did a five game parlay. I said that the Ravens would beat the Broncos, Packers would beat the Steelers, uh, Tampa beating the Patriots, and Seattle beating the 49ers, and the Raiders beating the Chargers, but since I got everything, I cashed out. I told y'all to hedge your bets. Yeah. Uh, I remember, like in week one, I did think about it because in week one, I was just like, "Hey, the Raiders were my last pick last time, and that was in the way of my my thirteen hundred payout." And right. I was just like, "But you know, they could lose. They happen to end up winning." Right. So I was just like, "All right, well, it's all cool because I got money." But this time, I was just like, "I don't know. Two times, I don't know if they're gonna save me two times." So I, I cashed out and they lost. Right. I think they got, their, I think they got stomped, but I don't remember the score. The Patriots almost messed you up, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But we uh, we survived out there. The Tom Brady did Tom Brady things. So, you know. But that was a good game, honestly. So, like, there's sometimes – because, like, this these bets t- this uh, past week I was doing, like – five dollar bets on so forth I wasn't doing like my typical 25 or you know 30 whatever so like I'm okay if like I'm betting and then I just see a good game and I'm just like ah man that's tough but I it just rolls right off my shoulder so it's all good um this week I have uh I'm still under my winning so, okay, here we go. I have the Colts 
uh, covering their spread of six and a half against the Ravens. I feel like they can beat the Ravens. I, I think they can do it, but I was just like, I feel like they'll at least be close if they <laughs> they don't. So I bet the spread instead. Um, I got the Bills over the Chiefs. Watch the Chiefs end up winning because the two times I did pick them, they lost. lost yeah. And then I'm like, watch me pick the Bills and they end up losing, but whatever. I, I like the Bills' chances. Um, Cardinals beating the 49ers. Uh, the Giants covering the spread against Dallas is a seven-point spread. Mm-hmm. And the Chargers beating the Browns. So that's a... My my five pick parlay. You feel like any of them are kind of outlandish at all? I, not, no, none of them are outlandish. I'm thinking about. You said the Giants are going to cover the spread. Seven, yeah. Seven. I could see Dallas beating them by more than a touchdown. I, I'm thinking that they're going to slow the game down a bit. Like the Giants are going to try to slow the game down a bit, and it being a rivalry game. Like, I know they, like, stumped Philly, but, I mean, it's like our defense isn't as good as the Giants. And, I mean, you can make an argument that the Giants' offense is better than our offense, too. I think the Eagles do have a better offense. Our play calling isn't better. But that's that's our our problem. So that's what I feel as though they have a puncher's chance to at least make it close. I don't think they'll win. Right. Uh, But – I felt like, you know, a spread of seven is comfortable enough. So we'll, we'll hope for the best in that. Um, and that, that's pretty much it. I, I did I did bet on the, the Wilder and Fury fight, so I do have another parlay. I did the um, – I bet on Wilder to win. What? <laughs> Isn't that a 16 to 1? Uh I don't know. I just know that he has a plus two thirty five odds. So like he's the under a heavy underdog. Right. But um, it's just a, a feeling, man. I but I parlayed that with uh, the Cavs beating the Pacers tonight. It's a pre uh, preseason game. But when it comes to preseason games, you don't always pick the better teams. It's best to go with the deeper teams or the teams you know that they'll play their starters a lot more because they're a lot of new pieces. So I feel like they'll beat the Pacers. The Heat was underdogs against the Spurs tonight, which I was shocked about. So I picked the Heat, of course. Uh, <laughs> Falcons beating the Jets and Green Bay beating the Bengals. So we'll see. I, those both are $5 bets. Uh, the one I just read off, it was a $288 payout. And the other one is 111 yeah, we're going we gonna to talk offline because I got – listen, man, I something has to work. You know, like, you've won four straight weeks in a row. I've lost well, week one I didn't play, so three three weeks in a row. Yeah. Mar Jackson is the only one that got me anything. I'm, it, it's the – I'm telling you, it's the, the end, like the, you know, during game betting – the live betting is what be saving me sometimes. Like I think two of the weeks, um, I I won strictly picking before, but I feel a lot more comfortable in game because I'm just like, 
you know, I can bet a money line on a team like after the first quarter where I'm just like, okay, I can see where this team is headed. Like I, a part of me when uh, Seattle was down uh, last night, I kind of went to bet on them, but I was just like, nah, the Rams is about to pull us off. Yeah. But, you know, like stuff like that, because, and the good thing I didn't, because also when Gino took over and I was like, oh, Dang. Even though he looked good his first drive, but. yeah, he put together and that and that um, you know, the play at the end of the game wasn't his fault either. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, looked like Lockett fell, tripped and fell, so it was just like, man, I like it. You know, Coach Pace was going off. He he was uh, <laughs> and <laughs> he was mad, but he was just like, how can't you stop Geno Smith? I'm just like, they they didn't game plan for him, so like you know, sometimes when a change like that happens, you. You can, if the quarterback is decent enough, you can assume that he's going to get you for about a series or two mm-hmm. off rip. But you know, you're like Geno's been about a block a couple times. Yeah, he's not new to this. Uh, I, what worried me most was, uh, you know, Stafford's first half. Like, man, that was that was a struggle. I mean, he still only got one passing touchdown. Um, yeah. And, his the yard saved him in fantasy value uh, to give some value there, but that I expected him to play better. Yeah, I. But he was looking shaky even last week, so I, I don't know what, what's up with him. Um, I believe he also has like a, a nagging injury. Uh, I don't know if it's his hand or not, but uh, one of the things is he he needs to get some extra rest with Djax during practice i don't know why he waits so long to throw to him but yeah. that man speed is not the average the average speed. and then like the more that i thought about it i was just like wait he never played with anybody in detroit that had this kind of speed no, but either. i mean then again i mean there's not too many people with that kind of speed in the league to begin with um so and if they do a lot of them you know are like special teams type guys they're not like you know receivers so but you're always underthrowing them. Yeah, he always. Just, they're waiting for the ball. Like, okay, now I gotta go back to the ball, and that just messes his flow up. Yeah, he had to save his butt. That last, he's lucky that he's great at tracking the ball, and I think that comes from, you know, also his special teams background too, doing punt return and stuff. But like, I, I bet you he's like frustrated sometimes. Just like, come on, bro. Like, well, like he probably looks right when he goes into a break. And to see him still holding the ball and just like, this ain't gonna get to me. <laughs> this well, gonna get this one, like Stafford could easily have like 400, four to 600 more yards than he already has now if he just connects those passes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but right. hey, they got the W. That's all that matters. He pulled it together somehow. But I think it's more so Henderson than anything else. He, he yeah. had a solid game. Henderson looked good. Um, you know, then they, they gave Sony Michelle a couple of carries and he got a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I will say that it looks like outside of DJX, the receiving core is starting to gel a lot with, with Stafford at most points. I mean, Robert Woods, like he ate last yeah. night. Yeah. And all of a sudden then you're like, oh man, Cooper Cup's on the team. We forgot about Cooper Cup. He's just been balling the last few weeks and right. And then- he comes out and, and he's hard. He's tough to guard. Uh, you know, Higby's playing, you know, playing well. So I, I think it is 
if Stafford continues to work and build chemistry, they're going to be tough to stop in the postseason, man. Yeah, I, I think that's what I'm talking. There, there's my favorites to make it out to NFC. Um, I just feel like because remember, I, I picked the Cardinals to beat them just because of the time frame of them beating Brady and the Bucks. So I was just like, they're gonna fumble right, right here. I can feel it, which they did. But I think now that that's under their belt, and then also it's good for a team to get a loss under their belt when they're just like, okay, like we are a beatable team because they were looking like juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can see, like, even from the Cardinals game, there's a bit of holes in that defense. Um, it's pretty much like, well, Tap and uh, is doing well. And then I forgot the other, I think it's a safety. I don't remember his name, or maybe a corner. But, like, I'm not mentioning, you know, uh, Aaron Donald or Jalen Ramsey because they, I mean, they speak for themselves. But, like, they have, like, pieces here and there, but they just look, they don't look the same. Mm -hmm. Like, I I just, I can guarantee that there's going to be push in that front, but that it's something with that secondary outside of Ramsey. It's just, like, they don't seem as tight and in their positions as they were like the past couple of years. So we'll see. That might might have a lot to do with them losing their D coordinator, uh, who's not a head coach of the Chargers. Mm -hmm. You know, Raheem Morris is is the one taking the place now, and he's been in the game for a long time. But it's just maybe for some of the the guys, it's like that transition hasn't quite synchronized yet. Yeah. And so I'm hoping they tighten that up because if, if not, then they're going to be very vulnerable on uh, at least one side of the field. Yeah. Yeah. Man, yeah. we'll see, man. Yeah, we'll it's see. still early. It's still early. And they got an extra game. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Definitely. Looking forward to that. And like you said earlier, looking forward to the Wilder versus Fury fight Saturday night in Vegas. And if I'm reading this right, it says – the odds are 16 to one if Wilder knocks out Fury. Exactly. So because Wilder is the underdog, if he, not, it looks like it just says not just beating him, but knocks him out, actually knocks him out mm-hmm. 16 to one. So there's a lot of money to be made if he ends up knocking out Fury. Yeah, I'm not betting on that. <laughs> I just, I just need a W. That's it. It could be decision, it could be whatever. But, I, I I just need a water a water win, and I didn't do it just because he had good odds. So like, I I've seen the first two fights. I mean, we watched the second fight together, right. um, but and I know clearly like Tyson Fury won both of those. I wasn't upset by the decision, and then of course when the towel got thrown in on Wilder, um, but I feel as though like the way that fight went in particular that um, well Wilder always has something to prove because he's just known as the striker. Uh, We all know that Tyson Fury is the more, well, he's by far the more skilled boxer, Mm -hmm. but he's going in with something even more to prove because he knows like a loss here and depending on how he loses too. Like if it goes to decision, it's like, all right, well, we just always knew that Tyson was better if Wilder ends up losing. But if he gets like a towel thrown in or gets knocked out, his 
his cloud is just going to go down. Like his career is just it REP. Because then it's just like, who are you going to pair him after that? Because like now we're just going to say we're not going to want to see you versus him for a fourth time. And Tyson didn't even want to take this third fight. The only reason why it happened is because one, there was a clause that it was old to him, and two, Joshua lost his fight before uh, Tyson because that's who he wanted to fight. But um, I can tell that, and I've been hearing that Tyson Fury hasn't been taking it seriously. He didn't want to take the fight. He's going to be 20 pounds heavier than what he was the last time they fought. Um, there's tricklings of words saying that he's, like, out of shape. So I think he's going to try to come in and just beat him strictly off of his skill, which could pop could possibly happen but in my mind Wilder has been training like crazy uh trying to sharpen his, sharpen his boxing skill and the skill set just so he can actually like in a technical way line him up to take him out with one of those heavy punches those power punches that he had so I think he just is catching Tyson at the right time because I think he doesn't care enough and that could be his downfall. That's pretty much the only chance Wilder has in this is the mentality of Fury going into this fight and that that 20 pounds. Because mm. uh, what worries me about Fury's side, and I know Kat, Coach Natty T chimed in on our group chat about this, is that what does that 20 pounds do as the fight progresses? Mm-hmm. It, it starts to you know weigh him down and, and challenge him a little bit more than he thought. Uh, so now he's more vulnerable to Wilder's uh, power. Mm-hmm. Gives him a chance to to actually connect on, on some of those power punches that we know Wilder you know does. Because if he can get if he get a chance to touch you, it's going to be a problem. Exactly. With that right hand. So like I, that's that's the thing I'm I'm worried about. But if it ends up just being a boxing. Thing, I, I have to see a lot more from Wilder to be able to get conf- confidence in, you know, me, especially put my money into it, just be like, yeah. I don't know, because he hasn't proven so far that he's a good technical boxer that could even, you know, make it competitive for that long of a fight. So we'll, yeah. see, we'll see. Hopefully he's worked on that and taken that seriously, because if so, this could end up being a, an excellent fight tomorrow. Yeah, because like I can't think of him working on anything else. Like the power is always there. You just gotta stay in shape and then just work on the technicalities of boxing. Because we all know that that's your downfall, and that like people need to understand. Just like you can tell from like the celebrity boxing that there's a difference between people that can fight and people that can box. Mm-hmm. So, and like you could take a. Like, if there's an amateur boxer that has, like, maybe, like, two, three fights under his belt, and then you got some, you know, guy that's known for fighting, you know, anywhere, like, in schools, out in the neighborhood, so on and so forth, and just beating people up, I'm still going to take the amateur over him. Like, you can tell me, like, oh, man, this guy got him, like, 20 fights uh, in our neighborhood, beat them all up. I'm like, I'm, I'm taking the, the trained technical fighter over here. I'm just yeah. always thinking that, like, nah, that's so true. that if he, he works on that, I, I feel like this fight is going to be, uh, it's definitely going to be way better than the second one. Cause I mean, yeah. that one was honestly, we're, we're kind of like old for two with your, with your boxing wash. Part. 
<laughs> that one was a dud, and then we watched the the Floyd Pacquiao fight, um, and that one was a, a dud too. But the only thing that saved us is because that Game Seven Clippers Spurs was on that night too. True, so it wasn't the the uh, the draft was on that night too, right? I think it was the NBA. No, I think it was the NFL draft. NFL. Yeah. It, it was like three different things going on. Yeah. So, like, we had stuff to occupy our time, but you pretty much watched that Pacquiao Mayweather fight to see the celebrities that showed up. That's right. <laughs> that, that, was, that, was, that wasn't worth the time or the money. So, I, I, I have a feeling that we'll get our money's worth with this one. And because Wilder, with his conditioning being what we believe it would be, uh, mm-hmm. as in being different, being better. Because it definitely took a toll on him, and because that's what happened to Tyson too. You know, when when you're used to knocking cats out in the you know first, second, third round, yeah. Now you got a guy that can take you eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve rounds. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have that stamina. You're not used to having to be disciplined for that long of a period of time. You're not used to having to to push your body that that for that long period of a time. We yeah. saw that catch up with Wilder in those first two matches, and so. Mm-hmm. If he comes in better conditioned, uh, like he looks like he is and he says he is, yeah, and he can last longer, that yeah, this could end up being the best of all three, which I'm hoping that it is, especially because we're going to be paying to watch it. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, you just got to drag him out on the deep end. I mean, it's the same thing with Floyd did to Conor McGregor. Like, yeah, you're known for knocking people out, so on and so forth, but why you use all your body parts, but to, like, you got to keep those hands up. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to drag you out into the deep end. I mean, and that's how Floyd won a lot of his fights. He's like, you know, I'm going to just dance around one of the best defensive fighters of all time. So, yeah. you know, it's like, I'm going to let you tie yourself out, drag you in the deep end, and I'm either going to beat you by decision or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you down. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's – I think discipline is one of the most underrated aspects of sports in general, but in particular boxing, when you're talking about your fighting style against another person's fighting style mm-hmm. and who is going to get the other person out of their game first, yeah. and who is going to make the other adjust first and how quickly are you able to do it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so for some of the greats, they're able to kind of take even a few rounds because they know they can get themselves out of harm's way yeah. I need to fill you out to see what your game plan is, and then I'll just work around with what you're doing right. and still find a way to beat you. you know. But everyone's not built like that, and that's what Wilder's problem is, is that he's not built like that to do that. Yeah. And, and so that's what worries me about, um, about him facing people at the caliber of Fury, uh, not just Fury, but people at that caliber. And that's what Floyd is so great at. You know, like, like you're saying, like, he gets you so frustrated because you're used to connecting with people and hitting people so hard and so mm-hmm. much. And it's like, you can't even touch them. Right. And, and it's like, bro, like, and then all of a sudden you change your position, your hands, you, you get out of your rhythm. And then Floyd's like, well, I got you now. Right. <laughs> Cause you're frustrated and, exactly. and now you're not disciplined. So I'm just going to pick you apart. Mm-hmm. So like that, that's why, you know, it's important that Wilder just definitely was working on his seal. Cause I think, you can I can tell that it doesn't matter how good Wilder does. I mentally I can't see Tyson Fury breaking down at any point. Mm-hmm. I mean, he knocked him down before. I mean, he's 
I don't know. He just seems like one of those guys, just his persona, his cockiness and stuff. It doesn't matter how the fight is going. I feel as though that he'll still stay. He, I think he has that discipline instilled in him. Mm-hmm. So Wilder is just going to have to be technical, don't rush things, be prepared to go the distance, right. and, and, you know, try to use his weight against him just like he used his weight against you and fight to and force him to move around a lot more, tire himself out. So when you get to around 9, 10, 11, you can start taking those blows and it, it'll have a lot more impact than you forcing them in the early rounds. Mm-hmm. So. For sure. It's going to be an exciting fight and doing a little fight party at the crib uh, tomorrow. So yeah, be able to make it, man. I didn't get the invite. It's only a flight. I didn't get the invite, man. Keith told me. He was just like, yeah. And I was like, man, that's tough. He ain't telling me. I, I didn't even think. I was like, you know, I was like, hey, he, he's in another state. He's I on fly out. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going. I wasn't going to fly out. Nah, not for the not for the fight, man. Not for the fight. Maybe not other for a couple hours and just having to go. Yeah, back. Yeah. All right, y'all. Yeah. Well, like I would, I would stay for like a day, a couple of days, because like the the thing is, you know, when living out of state, when you go back home, like back to your hometown. You have to see everybody, or everybody's going to kill you. Like, if yeah. I landed there, watch the fight with y'all, of course, like my parents are going to be seen regardless. But, like, you know, my friends <laughs> that's not at the fight party, like the, my friends at OSU and around the neighborhood and stuff, uh, they had let me have it. They never let you put that down, bro. Never. My phone up, like, how could you land on here and not say hi, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's the one thing I'm battling with when I go back um late February early March is like because I'm not gonna I don't want to be out there for a week we're, we're thinking about like four days something like that um but just how I'm a you know block out my time <laughs> with you gotta be strategic you gotta be strategic and intentional with your time I'm like one day is strictly for for family and then I have a day strictly for friends. I also, ha- I got a tattoo appointment. I got to schedule that. So that's happening. Because <laughs> listen, when you find you a tattoo, it's just it's just like a barber. You find a good one. Like when I was got my last tattoo before I moved out here, and my tattoo artist was like Alex Powell. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and na- drop his name out there. But uh, he, he was just like, yeah, you know, I know people out, out there. Um, I got a friend and a buddy out there that has a tattoo shop. I can get you a link. But I was like, listen, you did all my tattoos and I'm not switching that now. So when I'm in town, just know I'll be scheduling. So, you know. I like that. That is respect. Definitely. Definitely. You know what's not respectful? (laughs) Fraud. Especially healthcare fraud. So this, this next topic, I don't know how many people have seen it. But there's some ex-NBA players that are going to be in a little bit of trouble here soon. So for those of you that don't know, right now we have about 18 former NBA players who have been reportedly charged in a healthcare fraud case. So listen to these details here. All right. So uh, defrauding the NBA's health and welfare benefit plan out of approximately $4 million. And of course, when something like this comes out, they start name dropping. So some of the more notable names, 
uh, are Darius Miles, Ruben Patterson, uh, Glenn Big Baby Davis, uh, Jamario Moon, Shannon Brown, uh, you know, Terrence Williams, uh, among others, William Bynum, amongst others. So I ugh, like this is this could get very ugly. And so they reported about 18 of these are named a federal indictment uh, that was unsealed in New York Southern District Court on Thursday. Uh, so this happened from like 2017 on to about 2020. Uh, and then the news dropped that Portland Trailblazers uh, announced that um, Neil uh, Palacio, currently serving as their assistant coach, is going to be placed on administrative leave uh, following the charges because uh, word on the street is that um, he was indicted in alleged health care fraud involving the 18 former NBA players as well. So there's a lot going on here. And I'm just like, there's a lot of money going around. I'm a little confused because the NBA um, has one of the best retirement like healthcare plans. And, and it has the best, notably the best in the professional sports realm. So I'm just kind of like, why is, why is this even a thing? Can you please help me make sense of this, Coach Murph? I can because I'm fully against it. So for people that don't know, uh, I have a background in healthcare. I was an exercise physiologist at The Ohio State University um, in their outpatient rehab. So I'm familiar, you know, speaking with people. Uh, I worked with people that um, our main population was, you know, spinal cord injuries, brain injuries, and stroke. So I've heard everything in dealing with you know, uh, the healthcare systems and uh, them trying to get money for certain equipment that they need and seeing people getting turned down or um, for things that we view as a necessity. Because, you know, when it comes to, you know, insurance companies, so on and so forth, I mean, they don't know the patient directly. Like they're not working with them. They're just going off of writing and uh, what they're hearing from therapists, so on and so forth. So like hearing people like stealing money <laughs> for situations like that, especially when you have already in place a great healthcare plan. Like we all know that one of the things that people glorify about the NBA is that the NBA care about their players. They're one of the few organizations that um, show their players the type of respect in terms of, we know we make a lot of money off of y'all. So let me, you know, do what I can to help y'all as well. So for you to be stealing money from people that need that money, especially when you already had a career of making millions, it just makes my stomach turn. It's like, it's, like I said, it's sickening to me. Like I can't, I can't fathom that. They need to learn how to, but you can always get a check. You can always get a check. It probably won't be as well. It definitely won't be as big as your NBA check, but you can always get a check. You can do, you know, pop ups somewhere. You could do basketball camps. You can do commercials for, you know, even small businesses, whatever. Mm -hmm. But everybody wants to choose the easy way, but the easy way isn't always the smartest way or the legal way. So. Yeah. The, the fact that you're taking it from 
you know, healthcare, like necessities to other people is mm. or like millions. Yeah, man. That's that's tough right there. That, that that just came out of nowhere. That surprised me. It really did. Another name on that list is Tony Allen. So like, and yeah. I love him, Mr. All all team first defense himself. Exactly. Highly, yeah. highly talked about by Kobe. Uh, I mean, and then, well, him and, uh, you know, Big Baby Davis, like, they're two, like, notable guys that people love. So I'm just like, you? Like, when I saw it, when I saw both of their names, I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. And Darius Miles, you know, has done a good job of, uh, of you know, with the Knuckleheads podcast, him and Q Rich. Mm-hmm. And it's entertaining. It, it has substance. And I, you know, I know Darius in particular has come a long way from mental health issues and stuff like that. So good to see him, you know, doing his thing. And it's just like, but you were participating in this too? Like, like, come on, bro. Yeah, I just don't under, I wish I could talk to them and like figure out like, what's your thought process behind this? Like, what made you think that one, that this was cool and two, why y- y'all thought y'all weren't going to get caught? Yeah, like I, I, I need someone to explain and maybe we'll, you know, we'll hear more from the players that are accused of this soon. Um, But I just can't think of anything in my mind that would justify this considering their situation, you know? So like, I know when you have folks that are desperate, like stuff happens and folks that are marginalized and oppressed and everything, like they try Mm -hmm. to make survival decisions and it just doesn't make sense why this group of people would do that. Yeah. It seems like there's not a need really for that. Well, and the crazy thing about it is like, also I always scratch my my head about is that a lot of, what a lot of people try to hold on to um, when it comes to like, you know, the NBA, like you hear a lot in the NBA and NFL is that like, oh, a lot of these people are people that come from, you know, oppressed areas, you know, they grew up in bad neighborhoods, bad schooling, and they pretty much only have sports on so forth. Mm -hmm. Once they get money and then they lose it, y'all act like y'all never struggled before. And then plus, I I feel as though that even if they're struggling, they're struggling now isn't what it was back then. So, and then that's that's not even saying, because we don't know the financial situation of these players. Like right. I could already be doing good, but y'all just wanted to be, you know, some snakes and just try to get more just because y'all thought y'all had a, a tight knit plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, they give, they, they deserve whatever they get to them. Like I said, with my healthcare background, I have little to no pity for them. I just, it's just sad to see, especially some of those names on that list. It, it makes it, it makes it sting a little bit more. But really, sting. Um, stupid. Um, stupid. Yeah, it's just really stupid, really stupid. And I mean, to see people's, you know, spouses are wrapped up into it too because yeah. that healthcare coverage helped. Them. I think mm-hmm. it was Tony Allen's wife that was arrested uh, out of this case too. So it, it's affecting you know, more members of the family, not just the players, you know, being involved in this. So, man. Just imagine being a family member and getting dragged into that next thing. Now you got a record. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Just like, like, you did what? (laughs) Exactly. So I'm just like, like now you're, you're ruining other people's lives that people that you swear that you care for. Right. Right. 
And I mean, maybe some of them knew about it, but I don't think all of those players, all 18 of those players, their spouses knew about it. I mm-hmm. really doubt that. I really doubt it. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see more information to come on that. And as soon as we get more information, we're definitely going to continue this conversation on that. Cause I think that's, that's a big topic, very important. And I, I love your angle on that is, you know, just seeing the day-to-day struggle, struggle from folks every day, folks mm-hmm. that can't access healthcare, folks that are in really desperate, tough situations having to battle the healthcare system and just to see people take advantage of it like that's not cool, not cool at all. Um, but on to a more positive note, I'm three and one in my church league, my fantasy league, you know, so that, that's a positive note. And uh, so we're going to talk a little bit of uh, start, sit, and sleepers for fantasy football. I will quickly just go through mine. Uh, so one of the players that uh, I think folks should start is Adam Thielen versus Detroit. Why? Because they're playing Detroit. And uh, what we saw last week, I think, is an outlier. You know, the Vikings only put up seven points against Cleveland. Uh, you know, one, Cleveland's defense is, is, is good. It's solid. It's a solid defense. And it's just one of those games where the offense was off. They weren't clicking. And Kirk Cousins always has those games throughout the year, which is why we told Coach Jay, last week that captain Kirk ain't the answer that don't let that number eight fool you because he ain't number eight in the league anymore as a quarterback. I tell you that much. So that's why he ain't show up today. That's why he didn't show up today. Yeah. He said he was out of town. Oh, coach Jay, we ain't falling for that. Yeah. All right. Now, but we, we hope to have him back on next week. Uh, But yeah, so I'd start him against Detroit. Uh, they're in Detroit, so I'm looking at, you know, fast turf there, Fort Field. I think he'll have a big game. I think the Vikings will bounce back in general. Um, someone that I think you should sit is I really was debating between two people on this one, and um, I think I'm going to go with uh, Najee Harris versus Denver. Uh, so Najee Harris has showed – some signs of like, you know, this guy, he could be a really good running back in this league, but I look at how shaky the Steelers offensive line has been over the last few years and how Denver's defense uh, has continued to be solid. And with Big Ben having trouble moving the ball down the field through the passing game, um, you know, it, Najee is kind of like a boomer bust in my opinion. So I think if you got a better option on your team, go ahead and sit Najee because if they get close to the goal line, I think he'll be able to punch one in, but you got to get to that point first, right? Um, and then a sleeper um, is I'm actually going with um, Dalton Knox, the, the the tight end for the Buffalo Bills. I used to have the guy hanging on my squad. You got in your team. I, yeah. yeah. Yes, I know we playing each other this week, so hopefully Dalton Knox is a dud, but I think he's going to. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about it is, like, all I could think of, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm three and one in my church league. I'm like, yeah, he ain't going he ain't gonna to flip those numbers and talk about the other league, huh? Yeah, we don't talk about that league. Because <laughs> that, that, that league be on trash sometimes. Like, I don't see how I keep losing. I just get unlucky every week it seems to be in that league. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I think he had two touchdowns last week. And looking at playing the Chiefs, the Chiefs have been extremely vulnerable, even more vulnerable than in past years um, to offenses and seeing how explosive the Bills' offense can be. I expect Dalton Knox to get some good looks. He won't get the volume, but I think he'll get an opportunity uh, for several red zone targets, which means for a tight end, especially if you're in the deep leagues with two tight ends, 
Dawson, uh, Dawson Knox is going to be a great, uh, great ad, a great start for y'all. So what you got for us? Oh, uh, I am also three and one in one of my leagues, uh, but I'm two I'll and be two. Three and two. <laughs> am I? Yeah, you about what? Well, no, well, no, that one, that one, I'm two and two. Oh, okay. I'm two and two, two in two. our league. But <laughs> oh, you come out the the school, the record that you're about to be battling. <laughs> Stafford helped you out a little, helped you out a little bit. Yeah, but I'm, I'm hoping my other people show up. But uh, my start, you got to go with the human Swiss Army knife himself, Cordero mm-hmm. Patterson. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. man has been lighting it up these past couple of weeks. They, the Falcons are actually looking like they have a flow in the offense because they have a, a, a secondary, like, go-to guy outside of um, – Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. So, um, and plus they're playing, I believe they're playing Jacksonville. Um, the Jets. Yeah. Or the Jets. Yeah. So somebody, yeah, somebody, just, somebody just as bad. And ain't, <laughs> nobody, ain't nobody going to try to be chasing Cordero around that early in the morning. Cause you know, the games are earlier there. So like for me, well, I guess it would be later there, so earlier for us. So it's out of the, the time zone they're accustomed to. Because mm-hmm. for me, the game is at 6.30 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um, and that's my my starter. My sleeper, Dalton Schultz for Dallas. They're oh, facing the Giants. The Giants uh, – I mean, you can – Dallas has so many weapons that you have to pay attention to mm-hmm. that – you know, Schultz is kind of like that unsung hero. He's a, a security, a huge security blanket for Dak. So I think he is a solid player. And for my sit, I have A.J. Brown. He just got cleared to start. They are playing Jacksonville, but um, he's coming off a hamstring injury. Uh, right. His number two is going to be – uh, it'll either be Chester or uh, the other guy, but we can see from last week they <laughs> they're not going to be a problem at all since they blew it against the Jets. So that's just going to be prime time. Hey, beat me with your number two because we're going to. Well, the Jets weren't able to really slow down Derrick Henry, so I don't think Jacksonville will either. But they're back to that. Hey, it's just AJ Brown, Derrick Henry, and company. But this time, their secondary isn't, or their second wide receiver option isn't as good as it was last year. Because who was it last year? Wasn't Keenan Cole? Or no, it was Corey Davis last year. Corey Davis, number two. So, uh, and we saw that none of them are Corey Davis. (laughs) So uh, that's my my start, sit, and sleeper. Okay, cool. It, did you see if, if Julio's playing or not? He's out. That, that's a bench on. Man. He's out. Everybody, sorry for all you fantasy owners that took Russell Wilson. He'll be out for the next six to eight weeks. Man. It's a cold world out there. It is. It is. Man. Yeah, those, those are good picks, though. I like your picks as well. Um, so, 
right. So, Coach Murph, you, you sent uh, our way. Uh, the score released our early award winners in the NFL this season. So we're going to go through a few of the categories. Uh, so first, their Coach of the Year candidates. Cliff Kingsbury, Arizona. John Gruden, Vegas Raiders. Matt Rule, Panthers. John Harbaugh, Ravens. And Sean McVay, Rams. Who is your leading candidate so far, Coach Murph, for Coach of the Year and why? Um, and just for you viewers, the, the order he said it in, this is the scores order, too, from one to five. Mm -hmm. uh, so y'all can, you know, dictate that how y'all want. I, I like Cliff Kingsbury at number one. I mean, you – uh, and he's my favorite to win it right now. I mean, you can't argue with, one, he's undefeated. Uh, two, he has a couple credible wins under his, his belt. And um, three, they just look like – they look like how they did the first half of the season last year. Uh, but their defense is clicking and looks a lot better than it did last year. So I think that addition – like offensively, the addition with uh, A.J. Green is really helping – um, and I mean, D hop is always, <laughs> always going to be a problem. Their running game is looking a lot better. They just, they, they're looking like a team that got a year of ex experience. Cause I mean, this is close. Isn't this his second year as head coach? I believe last year was it's his second or third year. Either way, but you, you can see the progression, um, with the team. So, uh, Kyler Murray's looking a lot more confident, and the pocket, his like the way, like the Rams. We already talked about it, the Rams' defense isn't looking like how we're accustomed to looking, but just the way that he was able to, you know, just carve through that defense and made it look easy was just like that was impressive. It, it, it was like really impressive. So, um, yeah, I have I have no argument there. I feel like he he's definitely number one. Uh, and I don't see it being close because before close, I would have, I think I would have had Sean McVay second and John Gruden third. Uh, but, you know, after the, the loss against the Cardinals and then um, John Gruden losing to, what did he lose to? Chargers. Chargers. Yeah, it, it does kind of take a hit. They're both credible teams, but I mean, you took an L, they haven't, and they've beaten good teams. So, coach of the year. You know what? I've tried to find a way to argue against Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, and I, I, I can't. I can't right now. Just the way that they're playing. Um, I, I just can't see another number one option. So what I decided to do was look at it in terms of like, okay, so Cliff Kingsbury, all right, let's go ahead and lock him in at number one. Was there anything, any of the other coaches that I felt may have been out of order? So I looked at that mm -hmm. and I, I'm surprised Sean McVay was five. So John Gruden, I think it's, more of like a surprise factor so people put him mm -hmm. at number two the signature win would be the Ravens the Steelers haven't looked like the Steelers 
right? So it's like, how much weight do you do you put on that? Um, Matt Rule, I look at the Panthers and I'm like, you know, well, their schedule has been kind of like, eh, you, you played the Texans, uh, you know, the Cowboys, you lost to them. Uh, the the Saints was was a, a good win, a good win. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, then you played the Jets. So there's not a lot there either uh, to what I would say would be a signature win because mm-hmm. the Saints have looked so rocky under Jameis Winston. You know, this isn't the Drew Brees Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, even though the, the, the Panthers had a huge pickup this week, man. Yeah. I'm like, I wanted the Cowboys at the stage, you know, me selfishly. I'm yeah. like, we need help on defense. Mm-hmm. So we need a lockdown corner. Let's go get this dude since they're trying to get rid of him. And I think it was just a sixth-round pick. Yeah, I, when I saw that, I was just like, what is – first of all, I'm like, what the heck is Bill Belichick doing? And two, I'm like, why is, like, even for – uh d hop when the houston got rid of him and i think it was just like a third round pick mm-hmm. like third round pick and david johnson and now he's your third string back but yeah. i'm just like what are, where are y'all giving up these you know highly touted players and just you know sending them somewhere for nothing like i i was hoping philly because philly needs a corner that's what we yeah. need yeah, we, we need to need new defensive coordinator too. Actually, there's an article out there that uh, Nick Sirianni is not proud of our defensive coordinator and saying that how we should be running defenses that you know put our top players like Fletcher Cox and Darius Slay in positions to win. Mm. But I digress. We'll talk about Philly some other time because they suck. Yeah. But <laughs> but like I said, like I was shocked seeing Sean McVay uh, at the bottom two or at number five. That's why, I was like, I will put him at number two mm-hmm. and just move Gruden down to three. If the only argument I would say that you could pop, even though that they don't have the quality wins, if you want to keep him at two and put Sean McVay at three, is talent. The Rams are stacked on sure. both offense and defense. On defense, outside of Max Crosby, I mean, you don't – for the Raiders, you don't have – like, you don't have a Jalen Ramsey. You don't have an Aaron Donald mm-hmm. or a Floyd or, like, you You just don't have those pieces. And then even on offense, I mean, you, Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I try to think that way, too, with Matt Rule because I'm like – you're just now getting Stephon Gilmore, right? So all your wins have come without a signature really defensive player. Mm-hmm. You have Sam Darnold as your quarterback, which that show that goes to show you when a solid organization has a talented quarterback, what can happen? Yeah. You know, as opposed to when the Jets had him. Uh, and I, I look at, you know, McCaffrey's hurt again, you know, no surprise there. Mm-hmm. So you're with a new quarterback, a backup running back, DJ Moore is your best route receiver, right? And no, like, uh, signature names on defense. Mm-hmm. 
and you, you know you're three and one like that's I gotta give you respect for that yeah. I was just like I would probably still I I don't I'm not mad at him being in the top five but I'm just I'm not sure if three was the best spot for him to be in yeah yeah, yeah. I mean you gotta you gotta consider all those things because I feel like I mean, there is a reason why, you know, we didn't see, um, I'm drawing a blank on his name, the Bucks head coach. Uh, oh, Bruce Arians. Yeah, Bruce Like, there's a reason why you, you don't see his name up there. The team looks good, but, I mean, even though their past defense is looking kind of sketchy. But yeah. um, but it's just like, okay, you're just stacked with a lot, a lot of talent. Um and then I, I think they would have viewed Andy Reid the same way if they were winning. But we, we also know why they're not. <laughs> so, uh, the, I'm not mad at the the list. And it also with Harbaugh, I mean, doing it with all the players he's lost on both offense and defense. 13 like, players on IR, bro. Like, So I'm not mad at them. I like the top five. The order can be, you know – flipped a little bit mm-hmm. uh, like me, like I said me, I'm just moving Sean McVay at two and moving everybody down one and I will be happy but yeah. I'm not mad at that yeah uh, the next category was defensive player of the year and so so far we have um in the order in, in order is Chandler Jones Trevon Diggs Max Crosby who you mentioned earlier uh, Miles Garrett and Jalen Ramsey uh any issues with this list I'm I Chandler Jones is at number one. I, I will put uh, Trevon Diggs as number one. Uh, one, I feel like, you know, the corner position is a lot harder to play than the line. There's just so much, you know, work and stuff that you have to go off of just to be uh, successful five interceptions in four games. Uh, also, like Chandler Jones, he had a great start, but he outside of I think that was week one when he had like four or five sacks he that's just pretty like his stats is just coming from that game so it but it dropped since then so like yeah he's impactful number one no um I'm feeling more so like number three um I think I will put well I will put Trayvon Diggs about him I'm up in the air about putting Max Crosby uh above him too because just he he took a huge step he's looking really good um and I mean Ramsey Garrett at four and five it sounds about right but I, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Diggs you can definitely tell that his uh that Stefan was giving him some some coaching over the <laughs> <laughs> over the summer. I mean, it, it helps when you not only have a receiver, an NFL receiver as a, a brother, but to have one of that caliber, you there's no reason why you shouldn't be a really good corner. Like he should be able to break down to you like, oh, we do this because of this. And when you see this or they do this, you should be thinking of doing that. Like he's taking a lot less risk and being a lot more effective. So, because like the last year, he was just like you saw the potential, but you can see yes. he kind of was like he would be out of place a lot. Like he just wasn't doing. He was 
pretty much using more so his athleticism than, uh, you know, his football knowledge. But now you see that he's actually like understanding the the position, right. and he took a huge step forward. Like I didn't expect it to be this soon, right. but um, yeah, he he would be my number one. He would be my favorite to win this year so far. Man, that this this list was harder than the coaching list, uh, oh. I, in my opinion of like just where everyone should be and I but I 100% agree with your Chandler Jones assessment um that mainly being off of one game I'm like you know I I I think he shouldn't be number one uh so I'm looking at I agree with Trevon Diggs like we're talking about this dude literally has an interception in every game at least one in every game and how hard that is to do. Uh, so that's just amazing, uh, in my opinion. So I, I'm okay. You know, you had him at one. I'm okay with him being one as well. Um, I'm looking at, I'm I'm good with Jalen Ramsey being at five. Uh, I would probably have Chandler Jones at four. Uh, just looking at Miles Garrett jumping off of my screen. He had a signature game, but he's also been, a, you know, so much, so effective in all the other games too. His stats are better than Jones's, so I would have him. And I think he's had just a little bit more impact impact than Max Crosby has. So I probably have Garrett um, two, Crosby three, uh, Jones four, and Ramsey five. And I'm I'm really happy for Max Crosby though. I don't know if you're familiar with his story about like overcoming alcoholism, man. Like that that is. And having someone on his team and Darren Waller, who's been there and done that, that can help, you know, kind of help lead him and help him and navigate that, 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 uh, that environment. Like that, that was a special story. So I'm really happy for him. Happy he's balling out. I, th- I think that's another reason why I got him kind of just the, the story behind it. And then also just the, just like how you said when John Gruden was at two, just the wow effect, like he wasn't expecting that. Like I didn't expect him to come in and just be like, oh, like this man is really like wrecking the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, really so, um, but like, yeah, I, I feel like his, you you can just see his productivity on the field. That I'm just like, he definitely deserves to be top five for sure. And I, yeah. I would place on that too. But um, yeah, th- this is a good list. It was hard to kind of figure out who was, where uh expect because like with the coaching one is just like cliff playing very he's just the king the cream of the crop right now just only undefeated team got your signature win mm-hmm. um and you look good in all of them like even with uh less like last night's game if the um like if the Rams were still undefeated and they had played that game uh, and won it, they'll be like, "Oh, like yeah, they're still undefeated, but they were in the dog fight." You have the Cardinals that played a team like the Rams, a really good team, and you just smoke them because right. that's how they were. That's why the Rams were looking like the favorites because of what they did to the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just like, oh, but then y'all come around and that happened to y'all, so. But not by any means. Like, I like him as coach of the year, but I don't like him making the Super Bowl. Right, yes. That's, different. That's a different story. But, like, I can see the Rams making it. I can't see the Cardinals doing it. 
it would be I would definitely watch. I'd be excited if they did. But yeah, I don't I don't see it right now. We'll see, though. Uh, well, speaking of those things, uh, the last uh, um, award, early award that we'll talk about is the MVP. So we have Kyler Murray, Derek Carr, Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert rounding out the top five. Any movement you want to see there? Any issues? Um, I, I, I understand why Lamar is number one. I have no gripe against that. Um, I'm a Philly guy. We all know this. I, I feel as though that Dak should be in this top five somewhere. I mm-hmm. uh, will probably pull Lamar Jackson off. But, like, he would be, like, a six or seven. Because, like, I, I like what he's doing for what he has. I right. mean, he's, he's still being just as effective as he has in the past with just a, with less, and he's looking a lot better as a passer. But based off of numbers, um, I mean, Dak has had a really good – a real strong year this year so far. Um, I will probably bring – so I will probably do Kyler Murray followed by probably followed by Dak, Carr, Herbert, then Brady. Mm. That'll probably be my order. I honestly don't know how Dak didn't crack the top five, to be honest. I'm shocked. I'm really shocked. Um, and like it kills me to say that because you know I hate the Cowboys, but <laughs> I'm I'm uh, I'm unbiased. You know we got a podcast. You just gotta you gotta stick to facts. That's how you open the show. And right. he definitely is a top five MVP candidate. Um, I was and looking at this list, I was trying to think of players outside of the QB position because mm-hmm. you know, that's why I feel like there should be an offensive player of the year, like how there's a defensive player of the year, because I feel like they, well, I mean, they always give the MVPs to the QB candidates. Yeah. So to have them have an offensive player of the year or just even a QB of the year, I don't care. And then so you can stop, you know, looking at the MVP and trying to group everybody together in that. And you can start, you know, really looking at more so impact and not just numbers. Because if you're just looking at numbers, nine times out of ten, it's going to be a QB. So, yeah. true, true. But I couldn't yeah. think of any like skills, position guys, or whatever to put in the top five. There's nobody that really jumps off stat wise. Like Henry's not having the start that he had like in past years because he would be someone that you would typically look at. CMC got injured. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know it's kind of like all the guys you would picture there and then there's nobody defensively that because like you know there was in the past where like Aaron Donald was kind of in that mix and stuff but like you know it is what it is but that would be my order what were you thinking um, I'm okay with Kyler at one um, the leader of undefeated team with the signature. And the same reason why we put Cliff there, I think we should be mm-hmm. uh, treat Kyler the same way. 
and you know John Gruden was two, right? I believe on that list, and so Derek Carr being two, I, I yeah, I I I went back and forth on that one. Um, I had to bring him down because of that loss against the Chargers. Yeah. So this this is what yeah this is what kind of gets me is because you lost like Justin Herbert being at the bottom of that, but yet is the one that beat the number two, right? And they and they both only lost one game, and Justin Herbert lost to the Cowboys. Yeah, and right? honestly, and he was in position to win that game, but it was the penalties by his teammates that pulled him out of it. So like. Honestly, he sh- he should be undefeated right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I have no hatred for Tom Brady whatsoever. I'm just not sure um, if he belongs at number three. I don't think so. I would probably put him at five. I would switch Herbert and Lamar um, as far as order. So it would go Kyler. Derek, Herbert, Lamar, and then Tom. I see you would think that's top five list, though. Hey, I didn't think about Dak until you said something. I'm like, well, yeah, you know. Wait, how you a Dallas fan and you ain't think about Dak? Because no one ever gives Dak any credit. So you hear we're in Texas. Like, come on, man. I, I know, I know. You I just moving, think you moving to Texas. Because people didn't even want him to get his money. The Cowboys weren't even sure they wanted to give him that money mm-hmm. until they had to live life without him, right? And so, like, I I look at it in terms of it. he's not really getting that respect, so I wasn't surprised that he wasn't on the list mm-hmm. yet, you know. Uh, but with him beating Herbert head-to-head, uh, I think is meaningful. Uh, I just look at their – their defense is playing better. I mean, because they were absolute atrocity last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and I was looking like, are the other wins signature wins? Like they played a really good game in the opener mm-hmm. uh, against Tampa Bay. So, but I'm like, you know, your other games. Am I going to hang my hat on those on those wins there that you had like? The Panthers, like you should be beating the Panthers, in my opinion. And they got them without JC Horn or CMC. Like if they right. played them earlier, I'd be like, no, that's a really good quality win. But it's just like, I mean, there's a they're above that average team without those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you because know, I mean, I think they're a really solid team. But those two players are a huge hit um, when you when they're not on the field. And the Eagles are unfortunately not right. worthy. <laughs> I was going to be nice. <laughs> so you ain't got to be, man. Listen, name <laughs> name one person you've met and talked to that said that, like, anybody in Philly that reps sports is nice. They're by far the meanest fans <laughs> ever. Very true. So, like, I mean, I was remember going to a, a home game and hearing them talk about the team, like, you know, a fan talking about the team, and they was saying some egregious stuff. I'm just like, yo, <laughs> like, chill. But uh, yeah, nah, they're 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 trash. They know it. They know they need to do better. 
So that that's kind of where I was coming from is like the Panthers weren't at full strength. The Eagles are the Eagles. Uh, the Chargers was it was a good game, uh, but their offense but their offense kind of struggled. They only put twenty points up that game. So like Dag did not have his best game mm. that game. Uh, and then the Bucks was impressive, but at the end of the day, they lost. Yeah. And, and so for the, for me, the tough part was who do I take off of this list to put Dak in its place? Lamar. But Lamar beat the Chiefs. Everybody beat the Chiefs. The Bills are about to beat the Chiefs. The Bills are about to beat the Chiefs. <laughs> I, I know that Lions game was a lot closer than it should have been. And Justin Tucker, you know, saved that one. Mm. So I, I I try to take that into consideration too. So that was kind of the one kind of black eye on his season so far. But I'm like, well, the rest of them they they've taken care of business. You know, the Broncos twenty three to seven, and then uh, you know they they dropped the game to the Raiders and that overtime ridiculousness, uh, and you know, but everything else was how it's supposed to be so i don't know that one was tough that one was tough but yes a lot more football to come and i know our lists are going to change as the season progresses yeah we should do this again at like i'm pretty sure they'll release another one or somebody will at the midway point or the mid-ish way since we're at an odd number of games now yeah yeah in the so what like week eight or nine they'll probably release another list mm-hmm. and then uh we can discuss that for sure for sure all right we're going to round off our episode with our fast five we're going to give you five games three nfl two ncaa football give you the winner and a projected score uh, so first up is the browns at Chargers. this is again looking at justin herbert you know he wins this one this also goes into his back pocket as an argument for for an mvp candidate so mm-hmm. i Went back and forth all the way up until like about an hour before the show started. And I said, James, you got to make a decision here. They're in L.A. So I'm going Chargers on this one. Mm-hmm. I'm not real sure how equipped the Browns offense is to keep up with a lot of points. And I have more confidence in Herbert scoring on the Browns defense, even though they're good, than I do Baker consistently scoring on the Chargers off. Uh, you need more in Justin Herbert than Baker in general. In general is what it boils down to, yes. So uh, I have the Chargers not running away with this one. I have uh, 27-24 Chargers. What about yourself? I actually literally have pretty much the same thing. I think the Chargers went in 28-23. Um, for the same reason, I trust Herbert a lot more. Um, you got a, a really good air attack with Mike Williams and uh, Keenan Allen. And I think that is going to be a lot more effective than uh, Chubb and Hunt. Mm-hmm. And plus, um, Baker's dealing with that, that shoulder injury. So, um, I don't see him being as – I mean, he wasn't really known – in the in their offensive scheme as you know passing so uh but i don't i don't think they're going to be as effective and that charges defense is, is looking real legit so 
Um, yeah, Chargers, 28-23. All right. We had one NFC West matchup um, last night. Got another one on Sunday, 49ers at Cardinals. 49ers have been looking mad mediocre so far this season. Uh, and the Cardinals have been looking great. <laughs> I've been looking great. So uh, I think the Cardinals are going to continue, um, continue to win against the 49ers. Every time it's a division matchup, usually, you know, the, both of the teams play well. So I think the 49ers will play better than they have this season, but it's not going to be enough to beat the Cardinals. I have the Cardinals 31 to 20 over San Francisco. I got 35-17 Cardinals. Because also, outside of them already looking mediocre, this is also the first start of Trey Lance. So um, him being a rookie and being not just – for this to be the first game you're getting thrown into is kind of tough. It's just like, hey, like we're – they're already, you know, they have reps with each other. They're undefeated. Now go try to keep up points with, with Kyler Murray. I feel like that's going to be a tall task. And he'll probably try to do too much too soon. Yeah. And um, end up putting them in a hole that he can't get them out of. So 35-17 Cardinals. Yeah, Trey Lance. I'm, I'm excited to see him. I, I wish it was a, a different situation uh, instead of being thrown into the fire like this. But I think if anybody could – make some good of it, it'll be him. So I, I I predict that he'll have an okay game for someone that's in that position. It's just not going to be enough to, to win at all. But I think he's going to get some points on the board. So I, I'm rooting 17. for 17. <laughs> all right. Well, you did give us your winner earlier. We talked uh, Bills at Chiefs, and you are betting on the Bills to make the upset. What do you think the score is going to be? I believe that the score will be 35 to 30. <laughs> It'll be something close, high scoring. I, a small part of me, you know, I, I just feel I wish it will be more like the Rams-Chiefs game in the Coliseum years ago because that's what I was picturing, uh, just a super high scoring game. Yeah. But I don't, th- I don't think that'll be the case. I don't. It'll be a high-scoring game. I mean, them both in the 30s is still high. But um, the Bills' defense is a lot better than the Chiefs' defense. And I'm just curious on what type of changes, like defensive schemes they're going to put out on the Bills' offense. Because if you're, you know, struggling against these teams already, I mean, their offense can be just as efficient and high-powered as y'all's with an arm like, Jared Allen's and then hopefully they do like a, a little throwing competition. They always be talking about this. Yeah. They're both known as like the two's like strongest or the, you know, the, the strongest throwers in the league. But um, I, like you mentioned, Knox uh, is starting to, to show up. You got Stefan Diggs, Singletary's hit or miss. Actually, I got a question. Hmm. So in my league, I'm up in the air for my flex position, and I have Kareem Hunt in right now. Yeah. Cause Singletary is just like he's just filling up space right now. Pretty much. <laughs> but I don't. But I, 
I just got a feeling just because of how bad the Chiefs defense is that he I'm liking his chances to put up points better than Hunt against the Chargers. But it's hard to bet against Kareem Hunt in general. Because you know he's going to get the ball. Yeah. And he can catch, run, and they usually like to use him around the goal line as well. Yeah. So yeah, man, that's a t- that that's tough in the sense that they're both split backfields. It's just I trust yeah. Cleveland split backfield way more than Buffalo. That's why I have Hunt in, but I think I'll probably be battling this all the way until kickoff. <laughs> like I'm um, I'm leaning towards Hunt because the one time I did bench him, he did really good. I still won that game, but I mean, I was like, dang, that would definitely secured it. But I don't know. I just and then I would hate to put Singletary in and he just throws a dud out there because then I'm be heated. I'm facing the third best team in the league this week. I'm number two, but you know, mm-hmm. I need momentum. I'm playing the number one team next week, but okay. um, I, I tell him all the time that I don't. He's a uh, he's a fraud, undefeated team. Because the way it starts off, you play the teams in your division first because this is division-based. Mm-hmm. Um, and my division is just way better than his. Like, my division my, – my division is stacked, and his division is trash. So I'm just like, you're just feasting on the week. And I'm, I'm like, the fact that I can go through my division and possibly come out four and one – like I should cakewalk through your division with these, so you know, we'll see. We'll see. See, he like the Denver Broncos who beat exactly. up on he's, on bad he's on the week, man. I'm like, come <laughs> on. I was like, come to my division. My division always, and it's always been that way. They just draft better in my division. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hey, man, I'm I'm the top of my division right now. Hey, you gonna something. have to see me, <laughs> <laughs> man. I. I think I'm going to go – I think Patty's going to write the ship this weekend. I hope so. He don't need to write the ship. It's the defense. defense. It's the yeah. defense. See, all right. This is kind of my thing. The defense has been absolutely atrocious. They were also bad last year. The difference is that I see Mahomes throwing interceptions in untimely moments when he wasn't doing that last year. Right. And, and so I think he has a small piece of that pie, that blame pie that should go around. The defense definitely has most of that. But you're an MVP, a Super Bowl champion. You shouldn't be making those mistakes in critical moments. We talking about a piece of the pie. He just deserves a piece of crust and that's it. That's it. <laughs> Break off the crust. It is, the, the, not even that, just the, the crust that already falls off. You know, it's kind of like when you cut off, it. Yeah, that, that's it. But outside of that, that defense is horrid. And, and they, they're struggling to find an, another option. I, I found out that they picked up Josh Gordon because of they need somebody on the opposite of Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. And of course, Nico Hartman and Pringle aren't cutting it. But also, I'm just like, I mean, the guys hasn't been effective since like 2012, <laughs> 2013. So I don't know how much they think they're going to get out of him to be on the other side. But I guess we'll see. You might as well get bring in TO. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bring NTO, he in shape. Randy Moss is good. Uh, and the Bills haven't been hitting all, all cylinders yet this season, too. So I, I'm anxious to see, are they going to click um, in this game against a bad defense? Or is it going to be another one of those just above, above average performances for Buffalo? So we'll see. But I have the Chiefs in a close one. Uh, I'm going to go 37 to 30. Uh, Bills have it at the end of the game, but are not able to get the touchdown at the end of the game. So that's what I think is going to happen. Uh, all right, moving to the NCAA. Number 13, Arkansas is going to Mississippi to visit Ole Miss. Number 17, Ole Miss. Coach Murph, do we have an upset or business as usual? What's happening? And this upset city alert, man. Uh-oh. That, that, old, that old Miss quarterback, man, he out there, uh, he looking pretty good. I feel like, um, you know, college is all about upsets, man. You can never um, – I mean, you can never really pick the games, man. Anything can happen. Mm. But um, that Matt guy, Matt Correll, he's yeah. – uh, He's special. I, I don't know if uh, – he's, he's just – I just like the way he plays the game. <laughs> so, I, I think he's going to be able to to pull this one off in a 33-28 uh, a to, to 28, a, a close game, a lower scoring game in terms of college. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I just can't see them losing. I think this is – a they're about to string a, a nice little streak together. Yeah, I, I, you know, on the, on the last shows, I've, I've been, you know, trying to root for Arkansas. I don't have any dog in the fire or anything like that. I just like to see people, I just like to see teams that haven't traditionally succeeded in a while, like come out and do their thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know it, it ran out against Georgia, but they're still number 13. She run out was an understatement. They didn't go nowhere. They didn't go Zero. anywhere. Zero. Like, that was in none of our predictions. We at least thought Arkansas was going to put some points on the board. Yeah, no, nah, that – I'm like, zero? I was – I just had to keep looking at the game. I was like, nah, they really ain't put numbers <laughs> on the board. Bro, I was <laughs> traveling at the time. And so I pulled out my phone. I was like, let me just see what this score is. And I'm like, wait, What? Like nothing. I thought I, I refreshed my phone a couple times. Like maybe my connection's bad. It's not updating or something like that. Nah, they really laid a goose egg, man. So yeah, I'm with you, Ole Miss. Uh, it's really hard for a team for a team to come to bounce back so quickly off of that type of loss. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Ole Miss, uh, I got it, 33-27. Uh, so. Uh, then this one's really interesting. This last one here, number four, Penn State at number three, Iowa. Who do you have in this one, Coach Murph? I gotta go with Penn State. Mm-hmm. I gotta go with Penn State. I they were one of the few teams in the Big Ten that I feared uh, going into the season. Um, they they're looking good on both sides of the field I um I, I have no attachment to Iowa man I just I just don't know I just, I just don't I just can't see them doing I'm shocked that they've done so well so far 
like there, that was a big shocker to me like also like i didn't expect Penn state to be this good either i just kind of because when it comes to the big 10 and stuff i kind of just view it as like osu is like head and shoulders above everybody else mm. that i just kind of look at big 10's teams of like okay who has the best uh opportunity to beat us and i always view them um as one of those teams but yeah man penn state 35 iowa 25 um they're losing at home <laughs> mm. okay so this one was something I'm, I'm happy for both of these teams but you know, I'm looking at Iowa handles week one against Indiana, who ha- what isn't the Indiana that we saw, I mean, like three, four years ago when mm-hmm. they were competitive in the Big Ten. I mean, you beat up on Iowa State, you beat up on Kent State, and everyone beats up on Kent State. Uh, Colorado State and Maryland, everybody beats up on Maryland pretty much from the Big Ten. So, like, I, I'm looking at is – your strength of schedule is pretty shaky as far as like, what am I seeing in your previous games that's going to translate well into this game against a tough team like Penn State? And I'm just not seeing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do, I mean, they're a solid team, so I think they're going to be competitive. I just don't think they're going to have enough to pull it out. Um, you know, because Penn State has an Auburn win on their schedule. So, like, they've played a, a very solid team that who's ranked um, and a tough Wisconsin team as well. Wisconsin's always a tough team in the Big Ten. So I'm going to go um, with a score. Uh, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm going to go with 27-24. Uh, It'll be a really close game. Uh, but Penn State is going to win with a field goal at the end of the game. Uh, so because what I, I assume that I was going to do is play ball control. Mm-hmm. And so if they, can, if they can do that successfully, they'll keep the game close. Yeah, I think they will be for, for at least half of the game, which will, which will, will keep the score kind of close. But I think Penn State is going to eventually find the rhythm and then at the end of the game find a way to win. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to see. We're going to see. Like, so far, none of us have guessed a score correctly. So I'm waiting for the time one of us actually guesses the score. We're close, man. They always just be some left field stuff, man. I'm glad we ain't do one on, like, uh, the th- wait, did we – we did the rounds uh, Cardinals game last week. Yeah. I don't yeah. even remember what my score was. But I, I'm pretty sure we all were kind of looking at it as high scoring. And yeah. I'm over here looking, I'm like, seven to three? <laughs> like, yeah, we talked about this uh, the other day. We were like, man, these games have been um, more defensively structured than we thought. Like, yeah. you know, so we thought, you know, high scoring. So when we talk about going in best, we're like, oh, yeah, they're going to throw for over 350, like with ease. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, we last year was just so pass – or the past couple of years, like it's pass happy offenses and a lot of defenses getting got. But I guess they're just kind of settling into their own now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm liking it though. I'm like it's making a lot of these games competitive. It is. It is. I do like watching competitive football, even if it hurts my pockets a little bit or my fantasy team. Uh, but yeah, it's good to watch. Good. So that's it for um for us here on the coaches boss. Thank you for stepping in for another episode. We'll catch you 
Uh, same same day next week. Y'all stay blessed and stay safe and, and have fun out there, y'all. Peace. Peace.